the sounds of the swing thoughts theme plays in the background. That can only mean it's time for another award-winning episode of Swing Thoughts, brought to you by TaylorMade, uh, the number one driver in golf, the only clubs you will ever need if you use other clubs we we can't to be friends. And, uh, of course, brought to you by Club Link. Glen Karen Blue Springs has never been a better time to join the Club Link. And brought to you by... Brought to you... Brought to you... Brought to you by Zim O'Connor and Golf's spiritual leader. My, you're in a... You're, you're in a... You're in a playful mood today. You got, like, the little accent thing going. You... Wow, you're in a good space, eh, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good and good. I, you know, we uh, we were just discussing before the show started uh, how busy our lives have been the last uh, little while, and uh, I've been sort of keeping track of what you're up to on uh, the Facebooks. I know you've got a, a thing I want to discuss with you, your latest e-zine or your blog, and then, of course, you're giving a talk. Well, all of that is uh, still to come, but may I begin by... Uh, mentioning something else? Sure, sure. We're going to get into your car stuff, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Did I get? Did I have the car accident after our last show, or did I have it after? I did have it after. after. Interesting. Yeah, your second. I don't know. Is your insurance company listening to this? <laughs> hey, b- both both accidents I've had or were not my fault. And and when I well, you know about this one, but I'll, I'll tell everyone. This I accident I got into. I'm, I'm awaiting that. I'm awaiting the fine detail. Well, you don't know how it happened. No. Okay, I'll get to that in a second. But first, I want to congratulate you, mm. um, Tim, on uh, this boy of yours, this uh, this songbird, this songster, this uh, minstrel, this uh, Corey. So uh, O'Connor puts on his Facebook thing. Uh, Corey was playing at a church, I guess. Yeah. And uh, you have you smuggled in some you know pirated video of him playing. Yeah, I made a bootleg. Yeah, that's right. That's how you put it. It was a Corey O'Connor bootleg, which are rare. <laughs> and I just want to say, you know, dad to dad, he's really it was really sweet. And uh, but as a guy that's been in uh, the radio business for a long time, he's pretty talented. Thanks. You know, yeah, very very yeah. talented. Yeah, it's. It's really so cool to, to watch this kid blossom, um, you know. And you know, like I've been involved in music for a long time. I played in bands, you know. I just didn't get much past rec, the rec room, but um, and a music critic and all this stuff. And I was like, gosh, this kid has something. And now it's you know, it's not just his dad. We're getting golly people like yourself and other folks like. Saying it so, it's it's really nice to see. Um, I'm just uh, well, yeah. He it was just very, very uh, sweet, and he's very talented. Now, is that? Uh, do you think that comes from uh, being around you playing guitar and things of that nature? I think he was. I think he's just naturally got some talent. Um, and yeah, we've always had music around the house. Um, so we've always played a lot of different things. So I think it's a matter of just, yeah, him being exposed to hearing me play and, you know, I'm not that good. But, um, 
No, that's not true. You're you're a very like. What would your handicap as a guitar player be? In, when I was really playing a lot, I was probably a, I would say about a twelve. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's still pretty good. Not bad. But um, he um, he's really taken it to a, a different level. He's got just chops and just a natural sense of rhythm and ease and musicality that, that I never had. Like what he's working on now, which really interesting, is um, he's got something like a loop pedal, so I can put down like a bass line, uh, some rhythm guitar, even some piano, and he's starting to do like soloing on top of it with guitar like lead mm-hmm. and and it's musical it's not just you know stringing notes together it's you know it makes sense and it takes a, a very musical person to be able to do that so it's very cool to hear it well congratulations it's very very well done and, and pass on uh you know my best wishes i will thank you very much so two he'll weeks be, he'll, be, he'll be jazzed to hear that <laughs> Well, he's very, very good. And he's not just, like, dad-to-dad good. He's, like, you know, radio guy good. Cool. So I don't know if that means anything, but, uh, yeah, well, he's very, very good. competitions and stuff. And so, you know, and he's getting a lot of really good encouragement and feedback. So so hear him say radio good, that's going to put a little jump in his step. Well, tell him. Um, so two weeks now. Today's the 2nd of uh, February. Two weeks and two, three weeks and two days ago, <clears throat> uh, myself and uh, uh, new uh, lady friend, um, we're at a light. Wait, 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 lady friend. Yeah. You know I don't, we, we don't go for this little unspecific stuff. I mean, is she like your steady? Yeah, we're going around. Cool. <clears throat> Yeah, we're definitely... She had, like had one of those Irish rings <laughs> and the heart is now turned around and pointed inward. Uh, I don't know what you just said, but sure. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, yes. <laughs> you're not Irish. You're, you're uh, from- no, I am not. I am I am an ish. Um, yeah, it's funny because uh, her, uh, her name is Rachel, and now uh, she and I are... I said this to her yesterday. I said, like, what, I said, what are you telling your friends? And uh, she said that, uh, I don't know, what are you telling your friends? I said, I don't know. I, I guess I'm in a, a relationship. <laughs> anyway, I am now. And, and of every single person that finds out I'm seeing somebody in a, in a more than a casual way, you know what the first thing they ask me after, you know, what's she like? The second thing I get asked is, does she know how much you golf? That's uh, what I asked you. <laughs> I know. You asked me. Literally, um, one of uh, Gortner's uh, buddies, Johnny Dunlop, has uh, become a friend of mine. Very, very fine player. He's texting me a couple days ago, you know, and he's heard me talk about her on, on the Humble and Fred show. <laughs> and he said, what are you up to? I said, I'm watching golf, and uh, my new friend is doing some work at my in my office. And here's what she said. He said... Uh, does she know you will always put your love for golf ahead of any of her needs? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I said, I don't know if I want to word it quite like that, John. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a very quick story along those lines. Um, it was about eight years ago, I got to the first tee at Blue Springs, 
the, the guys first off the team. There was three of them. I said, "Hey, Mario, can I join you guys?" And 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 he comes over. He goes, "Uh, this is kind of awkward, but no, um, Scott's getting married today, and so we got to be done pretty quickly." And I started laughing. I said, "What?" Number wife is this? He goes four. <laughs> That's right. That's said, not number one. Said, Does she know about the golf thing? <laughs> because apparently the wedding was—I don't know—he had to be off course like by ten thirty or something. So, so Rachel and I, uh, three weeks and two days ago, were at a light, and there was oh yeah. there was a big truck in front of us, like a Dakota, very long, sort of oversized. Uh, SUV type of thing, like and a seven. With the sun. Well, no, it was uh, yeah, but very big. It was at nighttime, and it was the strangest thing because, you know, we're sitting there parked, basically stopped at the light behind this truck, and all of a sudden, in, in almost in slow motion, I see his is backing up. The white lights go on, and I I reached for my gear shift, and was about to put it in reverse, thinking, well, if he's backing up, I guess I better boom. And he backed into my car, and uh, a really long story short, I uh, it wrote the car off. And then you know what? It couldn't have been better because I was trying to sell this old car of mine, and I was going to have to go on and get Gigi and Auto Trader and all that stuff. And I was like, that is not – it's too much aggravation. And in one quick moment, the car gets written off. They give me way more than I was going to get for the car, and um, I'm cool. Aren't you just blessed? I am, and I'm a lucky guy. You know, and um, zippity doodah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, you know, there's something to be said for all the work that uh, we've all been doing separately together as a group of uh, men and women that you know are interested in this uh, golf psych stuff that we're interested in. Because I got to tell you, um, maybe it's because I'm growing up. Maybe it's because I've just calmed down, but the way I reacted to this, you know, potential calamity, as uh, she said to me later, she said, you know, because the guy came out of the truck, he's obviously, you know, upset, and, and the way he approached me was so positive. He was like, sorry, sir, and his hands were kind of up in that, like, you know, yep. what can I say? And I got out of the truck, I said, are you okay? And he said, yeah, and she was okay. And I said, listen, no big deal, you know, let's just exchange things and it turned out he knew who I was from you know my show and he worked in the business and it was all just fantastic and and she said to me later she went wow uh, that was really interesting how you reacted to that and I thought well, I didn't react to it any way that I didn't want to you know I just felt like you know why why get upset it's nobody you know it's uh, yes it's his fault but he didn't mean it and um Whatever we've been working on seems to have uh, helped me in my regular life because the whole thing I just breezed through. That is so cool. That's so cool that you link it to the stuff that you've been working on in your golf. And that that just, you know, underscores my contention is that when we're working on, like, golf is just the, one of those things we do. And, but it's, a you know, because we're so invested in it, um, you know, we don't often see how it how it goes over into the other parts of our lives, and, mm -hmm. and I think that's the beautiful part of golf. If, if it's just about the numbers on the scorecard, really, but if it's how we, you know, learn about ourselves in other parts of our life, hey, that's something to, you know, to uh, 
you know, put your attention around. That's very cool, man. Well, I mean, I think that's important that we understand, or I think that people understand that we're, you know, we're not just trying, you and I aren't just trying to make, uh, I was going to say changes or improvements. We're not, I mean, I, I've learned a lot from the work that we do, the talks that we have, the discussions cool. that, and not just you and I, but uh, you and I and all the other folks that we've. Oh, you yeah. Know. I mean, you've got a, your entourage is pretty wide. <laughs> it's like you'd need a bus to get them all to come to your, you know, when you make your pro debut in the Champions Tour. Oh, you're really funny. When did you begin, When did you get funny? Are you fun? Is that new? Um, listen. Well, <laughs> um, and uh, But anyway, so now today I've, uh, ironically enough, after... Going back and forth and back and forth, I finally uh, figured out a car. I got a nice used car. I'm going to make a uh, purchase. I uh, decided uh, as of, uh, I guess, last evening, this morning, I decided on the car I'm going to get. I thank cool. you for your input, and I got a lot of other people that uh, weighed in. And uh, So, yeah, no harm, no foul. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I, could it be, could it be that when what happened, it's because, Howard, you have finally really just taken in that the universe has just got good things and it's, it's abundant and you know you just it's a cycle of giving and receiving and you know it just gave to you nicely especially from your insurance company I, I, I know that you're uh, you know a lot of people might think you're sort of kidding but I, I believe it I'm not. I, I, I really I'm do believe I'm not no, I believe that good correct. follows good and I believe that attitude is everything and uh, you know I'm even to the point where I really wasn't looking for a new girlfriend and uh, whatever you want to call them. You know, I don't think when you're nearly 60 years old, a girlfriend doesn't really cut it. A woman, friend. Uh, anyway, but I, you know, as I, I've just sort of let it happen, you know, and, and I'm going to say something that's going to be, I don't know, you might think it's too hokey, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes you're the river and sometimes you're the boat. And sometimes when you're younger, you're all about the energy and you're trying to move things forward. And sometimes you have to be the river. You have to move a project along. But sometimes you just kind of float along with what's happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, out. Yeah, I love it. I love and, it. and I've spent a good portion of my life uh, rivering. And uh, the last little while, the last couple of years, I feel looking back on it like I've kind of just been floating along with things. A little bit better. Not great. You know, I'm still going to lose my mind a couple times this summer on the golf course. I'm still going to get frustrated. But it generally doesn't stick to me the way it did a couple of years ago. And, and, and I mean, a part of that, I think, is a, well, a big part of it is because of the drinking. But, you know, like. And the lack thereof. Well, yeah. I mean, as each month goes by and as the now I'm into my third year of this, I've definitely noticed a huge physiological Ability to handle getting hit, you know, out of nowhere by some guy's, you know, truck. Mm-hmm. Well, could one part of it be that when one is um, addicted, dramatic word, um, that one is often a, a victim and gets kind of tossed around? But when you are more like pebbling your own bike, and I know I've got metaphors flying all over the place here. Um, you're more in control of that boat, that ship, that bike, and don't get thrown off courses as easy. How does that land for you? Uh, 
Absolutely. And, and, and anyone listening, if you want to relate this to a typical round of golf, you know, we talk a lot on the show. You do. Charles and I have spoken about it, about being, you know, the, the, the notion of anti-fragility. And, and all that is, is, you know, you find a way, a paradigm of enjoying the game so that, you know, third, fourth hole, things start to go south a little bit. All of a sudden, you're not going to lose your shit. And you're going to still be able to enjoy those those moments of, you know, of chaos, which we all have. Absolutely. Because in the end, you're going to get back into your car and go home to your life. And, uh, and you know, I'm not that it... I think the biggest shift for me this year, taken in consideration now I'm in a relationship, the biggest difference is I'm not going to, you know, need to spend every spare moment I have... Uh, practicing golf because it doesn't mm-hmm. because a couple of times last summer it really burned me out which is why I started to revert back to that behavior of you know trying to bury a club into to the grip <laughs> which, which uh, you know isn't easy to do trust me I'm trying yeah that's a long way down um, well yeah there's so many cool things to uh, where we could go with that but you know I'm just going to go with um, so I happen to as everyone on the who listens to this podcast is no doubt tired of hearing about. Uh, I'm a big fan of Fred Shoemaker. Mm-hmm. And I was at the PGA show last week. I was doing some uh, client work. I was wearing my old hat as, uh, as a PR guy in the golf business. And um, so the PGA show is put together by, oh, the PGA of America. Mm. Uh, and uh, they have a lot of speakers come in, and they have Fred come in. So very fortunate that I was able to to uh, reconnect with Fred, and he gave a an hour-long chat. And really interesting, that sort of in this den of, of the PGA, Fred was, as he does, was being the iconoclast. And he, what he was saying was just so interesting. He says, the paradigm around golf is it's all about getting better. Like he was saying that you don't even, you can't even have a conversation about it. Golf is about getting better. I get better. I get happy. Mm-hmm. And, and what he he was was totally countering that. He, he says, you know, a lot of people think that if they shoot certain score, break a scoring barrier, get their handicap, they're going to have more fun, freedom, peace of mind. And that's actually the the inverse. <laughs> you don't you know. You don't get those things from playing good golf. You have those things, and then maybe good golf can happen. And it was just really, really interesting. And he was saying he doesn't even like, really. Is this all about you know being able to compress a foreign and, and shoot better scores? He, he was saying like really uh, that so many people who play the game, and, and it comes a lot from professionals, is that it's all about trying to get better. And he just counters that. He says it's more about way of being and and just conducting yourself in the world the way you want learning about yourself being able to have a better sense of mastery and you know peace of mind and freedom well though and yeah i mean just want everyone to take that in because i think a lot of people even now after a couple years of our you know golf podcast still think that part of this secret that we're trying to pass on is that you will get better, and maybe you will. I mean, we certainly, our, our paradigm 
I know I've used that twice now. But our model has shifted in a couple of years because a couple of years ago we were all about let us show you how to shoot lower scores. We can take six shots off your handicap just by not being a nimrod. But I think what's happened is another word from the 60s. Um, two words I wish I used more, nimrod and dink. Because when I was a kid I called everyone I knew a dink. Um, I was a dink. So, but I think now, I think if we were to start the show over again, we might not use that as the sort of byline of, uh, we'd probably say, listen to the show, and we think we can uh, make you and help you enjoy the game more. Yeah, and, and, and even like more, so that when you have a car accident, you're not a dink, and you don't yell at the guy and mm-hmm. don't shit. Yeah, just because he's a Nimrod. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really interesting. That that uh, that yeah. I mean, that was all all we kind of looked about because that really is the paradigm. Is that word again? Like you really can't even if, if you talk about the golf industry. You know, about playing the game and the clubs you buy and the balls that you use and the lessons you take or the books you read. It is about getting better. And when the, and so when the focus, say you go to the first tee and, you know, today I'm going to keep my right knee flexed and on putting I'm going to accelerate through. You know, you're, you've got this almost like these formulas in your head, these models you're going to live up to and, and put in place. And as far as I've experienced as a player and as a coach and having talked to a lot of smart and very good players, that never turns out to be a formula for having fun <laughs> or freedom and for playing very well. It's, it, to me, it's like the inverse, like I said before, it, like it, going in with like intention. So I put a blog up today about that. And so if the intention is to to go and have fun and enjoy the outdoors, all kinds of different things. Uh, gosh, I, just golf just tends to work out uh, to be more fun. And the bonus is that, oh, it happens to play better. It's just really interesting, that sort of whole cycle, the way that works. I think a lot of it has to be, you know, and, and I want to get to, uh, Tim put out this uh, blog about putting. I want to talk to uh, you about that before we're done. But before we leave the the paradigm of golf being broken three times today, three paradigms, um, The uh, I, I've thought it was broken for a long time only because of my own personal experience as broken a golfer as I met as I've bragged before. I mean, I don't really know. And you can ask my friends. Even now, my good friend Tim Southcott has said about me last summer, he said, I don't know anyone that practices as much as you, but what I, what I, like, what I practice for now versus the way I used to, and you know this, I just love it. I love the process. I love the process so much that it's hard to relate to. Even other golfers don't really, they can't, because I'm such an, obsessive human that I love the process and it's interesting that I I was looking uh, a friend of mine has a Facebook page and usually writes some pretty cool stuff about golf and and what he says is so true he said we usually take action this is a quote from uh, somebody because we desire the fruits of it the result we're motivated by the goal and what it will bring us that's all the ego stuff 
But the the another way of acting, another a way of thinking about it, and, and it's what I think I've I've done sort of better the last couple of years is focusing on the task itself, not what it will bring me, but the joys of the joys of practicing for me. I, I just love being there. I love I love the the process of improvement, whether it pays off right away or not. I enjoy the process, and I would invite others to. Look at the practicing of golf as more of a practice, like a, like you would practice, you know, dare I may say, yoga or something. Or meditation. Or meditation. Yeah. And in those things, they say it's called yoga practice, not yoga perfect. I know they say that. But in a way, in golf, it's true. You're not going, you know, a lot of us go to, the, go to practice before a round or a couple days before an important event. Just what you were saying. Okay, this I'm going to practice with my knee straight and my thing. But but in actual fact, all they're practicing is they're setting themselves up to be disappointed. Because if it doesn't come off, then you go, geez, what did I do all that practice for? Whereas I have learned that I just enjoy, you know, the process. I like having my headphones on. I like to putt. I like to chip. Maybe I'll hit some balls. I just enjoy it. And if it gives me some... A, a shot to draw on on the 13th hole, then great. But I'm not practicing anymore so that on Saturday I'll be better. I just like practicing so that someday I'll be better. Yeah, that's so cool. So, you know, contrast that to a lot of people that I see on driving ranges. Um, I can just tell that they're, they're working on something, you know, wherever it is, and... You know, one goes to the right, one goes to the left, and uh, they start to, you know, get angry and frustrated. And I see that on the range way more than I see someone like yourself who's, you know, almost like whistling and hitting shots and taking a sip of water and enjoying the experience. I think the difference is is that what you're describing to me, and I've, I've savored this too, is that it's, it's the experience of just dropping in enjoying it and it's escaped from everything and then just starting to like feel some things um you know i feel something that happens in my my body I hit a shot and go whoa that was interesting and it's more of an experiencing of it because mm-hmm. i think that that's when we're because we're present instead of oh it, when i finally get this pronation thing or supination thing right I'll be able to hit soft draws, or I've got to eliminate this chronic hold I got going. Mm-hmm. Rather than being in the moment and savoring what's going on, because your your body is always in the present moment, and the body's brilliant; it knows what to do. You know, if you have if the intention is hit this ball, it was interesting. I got a, a um, I got an email from Gary Bernard uh, this morning. He read my read my blog. And so Gary just retired. He was the CEO of the PGF Canada, so you know the Association for All Golf Pros. And he was saying that for years and years he's been saying, "Look, if your intention is to hit the back of the ball, your body will figure out how to do it, and it won't hit that pull slice thing that you're you're working on. Your body will figure out how to do it, but you need to be have." You know, your intention is I'm going to be in this experience of just hitting balls, and just and whatever happens happens. And in that place, then you start to really 
feel what's going on and experience what's happening in reality as opposed to wishing and hoping that this thing you're working on is finally going to, quote, work. Well, yeah, well, and that's the thing about, and I went through this a lot where I thought, okay, if I just get this gadget that will help me keep my left wrist, you know, whatever through impact, then I'll have the secret to golf and then I'll enjoy it. And yeah, uh, I'll finally be happy. And then I'll finally be happy. Then I'll have the secret. Then on Saturday when I'm playing with my buddies, won't I show them? When in reality, that isn't going to happen. I mean, I've, you know, unless you're going to quit your job and go, you know, go work with, go live at Fred Shoemaker's place. You know, you're not, it's, it's hard making profound changes. But what you, so if you, my point is, back to that quote, if you're not in it to enjoy the process of being in it, you're kind of missing the point of being in it, which is there should be some, there should be some joy in the process for you because, you know, again, just because, and that's why so many golfers are um, susceptible to having another person say, hey, uh, you should put your ball back in your stance. You'd stop whatever the end of that sentence is. We're <laughs> And we're so susceptible because, and it could be anybody. It could be the kid picking up balls at the range. I've had a lesson from him. Or the <laughs> I cart have. Girl. Or the You're cart, yeah. Coming over the top. <laughs> That's right. The <laughs> cart girl's like, hey, that last tee shot, you, I, I feel like your club phase was closed. Really? Um, where in actual fact, you know, you're not going to make a lot of changes. And then we maybe get back to the, the idea that if you really want to be a lower golf scorer, then you really should spend a lot more time, you know, chipping and putting and, and maybe a little bit better strategy. To that point, segue alert. Hang on. I, have my, uh, I got a segue sound effect. You'll love this, Tim. Hold on. Here we go. Segue alert. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Hang on. Segue alert. Um, it's interesting. We had uh, gotten together... A little bit in the wintertime, Timmy and I, uh, after you came back from Shoemaker, mostly we're talking about full swing, but we were talking about putting as well. And uh, I gave you that, uh, the uh, the drill with the with the yardstick. Yeah, a metal ruler. A metal ruler and how, and how just a simple thing, and, and it gets you to feel, uh, uh, just makes you sort of feel a, proper, a better stroke maybe. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? I know you wrote about it. Well, it was interesting. I mean, um, you talked to me about it. It was at, it was at the Whistle Bear Performance Center. And you say, well, you know, I, I hit putts along this thing, and it helps me. Um, I don't know. You, you tell me what you got out of it. You know, it, it's just a simple thing because when you, when, in order to get the ball to stay on the ruler, you have to you – know, you just have to – it just helps you. I don't want to say because everyone has a different. It basically helps you hit up on the ball, just a little bit up on the ball. Because in order to get the ball going, because it's sitting in a bit of a groove at the end of one ruler, basically you hit up on it, and in order to keep it on the ruler, you have to sort of have a slightly, you know, inside to inside stroke, just slightly. Right. But okay. but it, it's one of those things where you don't really need to think about it. You just need to do it. And then as from doing it, you sort of go, oh, it teaches your body how to make the stroke that keeps the ball on the ruler. That's basically it. Yeah, cool. But, so, but your blog was more about intention. Yeah, well, it, what, I, what I did was um, 
so when you and I talked about that, I thought, that's cool. I'm going to get one of those rulers and just check this out. And so um, in my hallway upstairs, I, you know, I usually hit about a dozen putts a day, and I usually hit this little round speaker thing as my target. And you know, I usually never miss it. So I buy this ruler, and I, you know, first like 15 or ish putts, I can't keep them on the rulers. And right. of course, I'm not hitting my target. And it finally went dawn on me. I was like, you know, I'm trying to make a stroke. I'm trying to think about stuff like, you know, accelerate through and, you know, arc stroke and stuff like that. And I, when I just went back to to the intention of hit the target, I hit the target again and the ball, like, almost never left the ruler. Mm-hmm. That, doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I'm a great, uh, a super great putter. What it means is, for me, it, it, to me, it's more... I don't know, confirmation that when the intention is to hit the target or sink a putt, the body figures out how to do it. Well, and, and, and trying it, to do it right. It's funny you say that because when I practice with that ruler, you know, I've used it a little bit indoors, but mostly I have it with me and before. Most every round, I take a few minutes because one of the things, when I came back from Scotland last summer, I saw every single tour player, not one of them went to the putting green without some device to check their stroke. So for me, it's just a nice way to kind of go, oh, I could keep it on the ruler. But what I was going to say is I always put it to a target. So I'm always putting with some intention of getting it to go towards something, which is another. So I'm grooving both the mechanical part but I'm grooving the intention part as well. Yeah, well, one of the things that that does, it, particularly when you take it to a, uh, you know, to a, a practice, you know, putting green, they're not always level, and you don't always always know whether you've got an, an actual straight putt. So when you've got that ruler, you know that that you're dealing with a straight putt. No, for sure, and 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 you know if you keep it on that ruler, you'll see the ball roll end over end. It's just a byproduct. You know what? It's a simple little thing, and and I'm not really as gadget oriented as I once was. <laughs> when whenever I used to see that scene in Tin Cup where he was on the range, and everyone in th- I remember the first time I saw it, everyone in the theater laughed, and I sort of slunk down in my seat because I had every gadget he had, including the putting thing he had on top of his golf cap, which I didn't oh, think yeah. anyone had ever seen except me. But I'm not the the thing about the ruler is that it's portable and it's a nice refresher. And when I do my, you know, pre-game whatever, that's one of the things I spend a few minutes doing just because I'm like, oh, it's still there. And if it's not, then I can make a slight adjustment and then it's back to, oh, it's rolling on the... I'll tell you what, Timmy, I take it out there and some of my good friends that are good players, I should say, they have trouble keeping it on the ruler the first few times as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that one of those the great things about that ruler is, and, and I don't want to give people who listen to this thing think that I'm a, a complete, like, say, ludite or anti-gadget and you should only putt, you know, while meditating and whatever. Um, a, a, when you use really great tools in a, in a you know, basic way, they can really help you. Like, if you put on that ruler, like, you know you're starting that thing off online. It's always online. So that's going to help you. Um, and before we uh, wrap up here today, hang on a second. Are we going to make a segue? Let's see. Hang on. Segue. All right. Um, we have a uh, offer out in the world 
Uh, oh, yeah. we, we sort of spoke about this last time, and, you know, I talked to a couple people. I'm not sure what kind of buy-in we're going to get, but it's the uh, new nerd nerf. What do we call it? The nerd warrior training. <laughs> uh, okay, wait, wait. What? Didn't we have the branding meeting? Yeah, I, I forgot. Buddy, I got into a car accident, and I have a girlfriend. Okay. I got a lot of shit going on. Yeah, right. Okay, I think it was called the Golf Nerd Warrior right. Training Workshop. Golf Nerd, nerd. Warrior Training. So I love it. G-N-W-T. <laughs> Everything has to be an acronym, right? Yeah, I'm going to the G-N-W-T. So um, um, what is our offer? Our offer is uh, four hours of hanging out with us, talking about this stuff, uh, hearing what you... Uh, what issues you have in your game, and we will talk a little bit about what what we can sort of pass on to help, you know, help get you in a different direction or a different mind space. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's going to work kind of as a tune up for the season. Um, we still haven't nailed down the date, but we're looking at I think we're looking at late March. Yes, for the, the mass stores, and it's I think it's a, it's. It'll be a really good opportunity to be a workshop. So it'll be a, it'll be a very interactive session where we'll talk about some things. Uh, there'll be a lot of sharing. Um, and, you know, <laughs> sharing. Oh, you're funny. Hi, now. my name is my name is Tim, and I'm a shanker. Sharing. Ha- my name is Howard, and I'm a chronic a hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it, and 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 we're. <laughs> thank you for sharing, Howard. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that. We're looking. Uh, capacity would be uh, I don't know eight, ten people, maybe. No, uh, a dozen, dozen. A dozen. A, a nice, clean dozen. A dozen. All right. Well, listen. Uh, get a hold of us. Uh, leave a note on our uh, Facebook page, Swing Thoughts Facebook, or uh, get a hold of Tim or I. Uh, just. Facebook or whatever, Google us. Google us for God's sake. Yeah. And yeah. and go to iTunes and if you're not yet a subscriber, um I invite you I can't order you to do anything, but mm. I invite you to subscribe and rate and review us. Feedback is always good, you know. Can I um may I tell you a, a story? You yeah, of course you may. I mean isn't that what podcasts are about? Um and I remember this is a, a, a story that will very briefly il- illustrate um, about using your natural instincts versus, you know, being in your head. Uh, years ago, when I f- started flying, I, I was sort of well, I was at the scratch level of flying for a while. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. There are, really aren't, there's, there's really no high handicap pilots <laughs> you know you get soon you're, you're single digits pretty quickly and uh then or i you're dead yeah or you're dead and then i got uh, a little bit more advanced i got what's called a uh, an instrument rating and very few people that don't fly for a living have it but i'm ocd so i got it so i had occasion to fly in a high performance uh turbo uh Small. It's equivalent. It's a prop plane, but it's a very special one. It's called a Piaggio, and it's an Italian-made. It flies like a jet, and it 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 flies at about three hundred miles an hour. And I had a chance to get onto this plane uh, because my my ex-brother-in-law family owned the plane, 
Anyway, so I'm, I, I get a chance to get on the plane, and I'm talking to the pilots before, and they said, hey, once we get to altitude, you can come up, and we'll, uh, we'll let you sit. This is, this is even post-9-11, but it's a private plane. So the co-pilot who was sitting in the right seat gets up and goes in the back, and I sit down, and now I'm flying a plane at 25,000 feet, and it's flying at 300 miles an hour. And I was just because I was a newly minted instrument-rated pilot, you know, trying to show off or whatever, so I had my head down, and I was flying, I was hand-flying the plane, which they don't normally do for a reason. It's, it's hard to control something going that fast as it hits the air. So I'm flying along, and the pilot and I are talking, and I have my head down, and I can't keep the thing straight. It's just going up and down, up and down, and it's a little uncomfortable for the people in the back, but I was determined that I was going to use this new skill I had, and I wanted to sort of show off, and he said, hey, Howard, and I said, yes, sir, Uh, yes, Captain. He said, I got a great idea. I said, why don't you just look out the window and fly the plane? (laughs) And I said, "Uh, okay. And then I went back to flying it like I had been taught to fly, just VFR by referencing the horizon. And all of a sudden, it was just easy. And he said that to me. He said, sometimes you just have to fly the plane. Isn't that a great story? What a wonderful way to wrap up this rendition of swing thoughts. That's a metaphor you can take to the bank, to the golf course. Well, that's all I'm going to give you, kids. That's all Golf Spiritual Leader can do. Uh, Tim O'Connor at O'ConnorGolf.ca. His uh, blog is there. Uh, really, really fine stuff, as always. If you want Tim to coach you, well, what are you waiting for? How dare you? <laughs> what, uh, what is wrong with you? How are you yeah, not... This is the Humble and Fred radio show. .com thing. Yes. I'm serious. It's... Weekday mornings, funny. 7 and to 9, not safe for work. Talk about Trump and the FBI and all that stuff these days. Um, by the way, next week, well, we, you know, when we, we sort of talk about Trump, we try not to do too much. There's a great story, by the way. There's a great golf story about Trump's uh, cheating on the golf course. Oh, I haven't read that yet. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Suzanne Pedersen, uh, who is beautiful, uh, she talks about the guy uh, talks about how he can shoot in the 60s and wins club championships, and she says right. he's, she's never seen him break 80. Yeah, a guy who, like, eats McDonald's every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, like, yeah, right. Hey, by the way, not that there's anything wrong with McDonald's. If you want to sponsor the podcast, then we'll eat McDonald's every day. Um, hey, Tim. Yes, Howard. Thank you very much for this. Can you just hang on? Because usually we you hang up very quickly. Oh, okay. Just, we'll, just hang on. Check. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and thanks, everyone else. Uh, don't forget, TaylorMade, uh, the new clubs are insane. The new drivers are absurd. John Rom, all those guys. And uh, don't forget, ClubLink, uh, always some great specials if you want to join. Uh, there's never a better time than the 2nd of February. Frank will be here before you know it. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, sir, what? Groundhog <laughs> Day, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, bye. Hang on a second. Up under the lights to play his thing.